Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. And we are at a very interesting point in the liturgical calendar of the Eastern churches, especially those who, and I have to qualify it, those who follow the Gregorian calendar, the so-called new calendar. The old calendar, so-called old calendar, is the Julian calendar. Some Orthodox churches, some Eastern Catholic churches, follow the Julian calendar, the old calendar, and they do so sometimes for the whole year or just for the time of Lent and Pascha. But we're talking about the Gregorian calendar, the calendar that most churches, most of the world is on. And in the Gregorian calendar, but on the Byzantine liturgical calendar, this Sunday is one of those preparatory Sundays as we look towards Lent. At the same time, we have a feast day coming up featuring three very prominent Byzantine saints. And furthermore, this week will bring us into the following week, which has a feast day, the encounter of Christ in a temple with Simeon, which is actually part of the, sort of the last residue of the period we just came through, the period of epiphany, of manifestation, going all the way back to Christmas. This whole unfolding of the incarnation of God becoming visible through the flesh by taking on his own creation, that unfolds at the nativity. Actually, it starts at the moment that the angel Gabriel comes to the mother of God, and the mother of God becomes impregnated with the presence of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. So, we can actually say it all begins there. But for the most part, what we associate with the beginnings of the incarnation are the nativity of Christ, which we just came through. And then, of course, he goes through other forms of condescension, such as submitting himself to his own law of circumcision, and then, of course, a baptism. The Magi come and see him. He is shown forth to the Magi. So what's happening is there is this continuous unfolding of God who descends so that we can ascend, and the showing forth of that, the manifestation of that incarnation. So the final moment of that 
is when Christ is brought into the temple. We celebrate that on February 2nd. So that's coming up. So we've got a residue of this past Christmas season, while at the same time we're preparing for the season of our Lord's Passion, death and resurrection. So it's an interesting overlap that occurs. Now, sometimes this can get very interesting in the Eastern churches because sometimes the Lenten season can begin almost immediately after the season of the incarnation and of the epiphany. But we have a few weeks in between, but nonetheless, we still have an interesting overlap. Also, as I mentioned this week, we have the Feast of the Three Holy Hierarchs. This happens on January 30th. This is the feast of St. Gregory the Theologian, St. Basil the Great, and St. John Chrysostom. Now, St. John Chrysostom and St. Basil the Great are the names that, if you have any familiarity with Byzantine liturgy, you'll notice that those are the names after whom our two principal Eucharistic liturgies have been named. John Chrysostom, the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, and the liturgy of St. Basil the Great. Now, what's different about them is largely the prayers of the anaphora, or the Western Church would understand it as the Eucharistic canon, Eucharistic prayers. The prayers from St. Basil are very lengthy, very involved, very, very beautiful. St. John Chrysostom shortened them a bit, but his still have a certain length to them as well, and also certainly a certain depth and beauty about them. Both liturgies, both Eucharistic prayers, are very, very comprehensive, very mystical, very, very beautiful, very engaging, very involved. And these two liturgies are named after these two saints, these two men, because they had a lot to do with compiling this liturgy. See, for a while, the liturgy in the Eastern Church was not totally codified. In other words, a lot of priests and bishops would be saying or making up, kind of ad-libbing prayers of their own. Now, they would do certain things that obviously were required in the consecration and the psalms and so on, but there was also a certain variety, shall I say, in the way that the liturgy was being practiced. So, John Chrysostom and St. Basil the Great, both 4th century saints in the Eastern Church, they got together in their own respective times and ways, and they said, okay, these are the prayers we're all going to say. We're going to make this liturgy more uniform. And first it started with St. Basil the Great, and then later on, as I mentioned, or soon after, John Chrysostom. So the liturgy we have now is something that was, I'll say, codified or set down in stone, so to speak, by Basil the Great and John Chrysostom. John Chrysostom, the word Chrysostom means the golden mouth because he was a great preacher. And again, this happened back in the 4th century. Now, St. Gregory Nazianzus is a great theologian of the Eastern Church. The reason why these three are celebrated on January 30th is because they each have their own feast day in January, individually, but in the Eastern churches, as Easterners are wont to do, people became very passionate and even very violent over their faith and men of their faith. So what happened was, in the Byzantine Empire, the emperor had a problem on his hands, an interesting problem. I almost wish we had this kind of problem today. Not exactly, but it would actually be refreshing in its own way. The problem is that the people would fight. You know, they've had bar fights over who was the greatest of the three. Are you a Chrysostomite? Are you a Basilite or a Nanzianzusite? <laughs> almost like we would fight over our home teams in football or something. So the church eventually established a day where all three would be celebrated together. Now, there's an interesting story about how that happened. I'm going to read from the prologue of Okrid, also called the Synaxarian. And sometimes you hear me refer to this prologue, and by the way, every household should have a copy. 
It comes in one volume or a couple volumes or even four volumes, whatever, but it is something that every household should have because it has a story, the presentation of that particular saint or feast day, a beautiful meditation, and also homily and some other references. It's very, very informative and very inspiring. Now, what actually is this prologue you often hear me refer to? Well, the prologue is actually an age-old reading in the Eastern churches, and the people in the Eastern churches over the centuries were actually educated by this reading for a long time. In other words, they would gather around, as we might gather around the television or something today, they would gather around their fireplaces in their home and, or in the church, and they would hear the readings, the stories of these saints. Now, the particular one that I refer to is by Bishop Nikolai Velimirovich. He was a Serbian priest, and this was printed in 1928. It's a compilation of the things that would have been read to families in the Eastern churches over many centuries, because it has to do with the feast days and the saints of many centuries. So the prologue from Okrid, and Okrid, by the way, refers to a monastery in the Byzantine Empire, and so this came out of that source. So we call it the prologue from Okrid or the Synaxarian. Synaxarian means a bringing together, synaxis, you know, like synthesize, so you bring together the whole choir of saints. And each saint has their own story and a meditation that goes along with that story that is found here in the prologue from Ogrid, or also called the Synaxarian. So for the Synaxarian, for January 30th, for the three holy hierarchs, it says this, each has his personal feast day in the month of January, based on the first Gregory on the 25th, and Chrysostom on the 27th. The common feast we celebrate today was instituted in the 11th century in the time of the emperor Alexius Comnenus. At one time, there was a quarrel among the people about who was the greatest of the three. Some gave Basil the preeminence for his purity and courage. Others, Gregory, for the unfathomable depth and height of his theological mind. Others, still Chrysostom, for the wonderful beauty of his speech and the clarity of his presentation of the faith. So the first were called Basilians, the second Gregorians, and the third Joanites. But by the providence of God, this dispute was resolved to the benefit of the church and the yet greater glory of the three saints. The bishop of Eukaita, John, had a vision in his sleep in which each of these saints appeared to him in great glory and indescribable beauty, then all three together. Then they said to him, We are one in God, as you see, and there is no dispute among us, neither is there among us a first or a second. The saints also advised Bishop John to compile a common feast for them and to set aside for them a day of common commemoration. The quarrel was settled as indicated by the wonderful vision, January 30th being set aside for the common commemoration of the three hierarchs. The Greeks regard this feast not only as a church festival, but as their greatest national and scholastic holiday. How about that? There's another thing I'd like to see happen again. Can you imagine a feast day of saints? also being a great national holiday. Them were the good old days, as they say, <laughs> and I wish they were back. You can mix church and state in a certain way, but that's another topic for another time. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion and to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church 
we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by writing a check to Light of the East and mail it to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. We join our Chaldean Catholics in prayer to the Mother of God for peace in the Middle East. Mother of God, Virgin Mary, be for us a safeguard from all illnesses and hardships. Through the great love you have for Christ, ask and beseech him to be merciful to us, to give healing to our ailments, to console the downtrodden, to unite those who are scattered, and to forgive us. Hello, I'm Father Thomas Loya, and I am inviting you to the third annual women's retreat where I will be the retreat master for the Genius of Womanhood at the Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation Retreat Center in Cary, Ohio. Friday through Sunday, March 6th through the 8th, the third annual women's retreat, the Genius of Womanhood. More details, contact Joan Washburn at 419-798-9107. The Genius of Womanhood at the Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation Retreat Center in Cary, Ohio. Friday through Sunday, March 6th through the 8th. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. Always so glad that you're here listening to us, and I'm glad to be here with you. To contact me at all, then you can simply email me at taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor, like Mount Tabor, taborlife at earthlink.net. I always enjoy hearing from you, and recently I heard from some listeners. I heard from Richard and Kathy out in Las Vegas, and this is what they write. My wife and I heard your wonderful radio program podcast this weekend, and it was such a blessing. I had to write and tell you what it meant to us. We are converts, originally to the Orthodox Church, where we were married, and then to the Catholic Church. It is our goal to live the best of the Eastern and Western lungs of the Church. I have a blog where I try in small ways to do this. Thank you so much for your ministry. In Christ, Rich and Kathy Eckhart. Well, thank you, Rich and Kathy. It was good hearing from you. Thank you for your very kind remarks. And again, if you'd like to send anything to me, the best email would be taborlife at earthlink.net. That's taborlife at earthlink.net. There's something else I want to inform you about, something coming up, especially for you ladies. Mark your calendars. 
from March 6th, 7th, and 8th. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. It's going to be what's called the third annual Women's Retreat, the Genius of Womanhood. And I will be the retreat director. Again, that's March 6th, 7th, and 8th, Friday through Sunday in Cary, Ohio, which is near the Toledo, Ohio area, at the Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation Retreat Center. For information, you can call Joan at 419-798-9107. 419-798-9107. Or you can email her at washburn, W-A-S-H-B-U-R-N, dot Joan, J-O-A-N, five, the number five, at gmail.com. So washburn dot joan five at gmail.com washburn dot joan five at gmail.com or once again the number 419-798-9107 again that's for the retreat called the genius of womanhood shrine of our lady of consolation retreat center in cary ohio it's called the third annual women's retreat because it's the third one put on by Joan and a couple other women that work with her. And proud to say they are centered out of a Byzantine Catholic church, St. Mary's Byzantine Catholic Church in Marblehead, Ohio, which is not far from Cary. And Marblehead, Ohio is a beautiful little place, little town on the lake next to the church, St. Mary's Church on Marblehead, which is literally right, right on the shore of the Lake Erie, an historic lighthouse. So it's a really interesting place to visit, a beautiful little church. So if you're in the area, stop in. That's St. Mary's Byzantine Catholic Church in Marblehead, Ohio. But more importantly right now is the retreat, The Genius of Womanhood. Again, Friday through Sunday, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. I will be the retreat director there. And what's going to happen is, and maybe you're wondering what I mean by the genius of womanhood. Well, the talks are going to be centered around these particular themes. First of all, what it really means to be Catholic, East or West. In other words, I'm going to call this going back to school, spelled S-C-H-L. That's an abbreviation. To retrieve the sacramental, S, Catholic, C, human, H, liturgical, L, worldview, school, going back to school. Sacramental, Catholic, human, liturgical, worldview. Before we understand anything else about the genius of womanhood, we have to first put on our what I call our Catholic glasses and to see as Catholic sees, both East and West. Then I'm going to give a talk called The Genius of Womanhood, Stamped in Language and Theology of the Feminine Body Person. Also, another theme will be the genius of womanhood in relation to manhood. It's all about the bride. Another theme is the genius of womanhood in relation to family and society. And finally, the genius of womanhood set in the context of the art, architecture, and liturgy of the church. Now, the objectives of this retreat, and that's why I think you ladies ought to consider it, is to come to a more mystical understanding of womanhood and what the church really says about womanhood. It's also about applying the mystical understanding of womanhood, the genius of womanhood, to the lived experience. And finally, to understand womanhood in the context of the prayer of the church. So three objectives. A more mystical understanding of womanhood. Apply that understanding to your lived experience as women. And to understand womanhood in the context of the prayer of the church. Those are the three objectives for this retreat. And it might be asked, well, why is a male celibate priest, more particularly a male celibate, unmarried, going to lead a retreat for women? 
And this retreat is open for women of all ages, and whether you're married or single, widowed, whatever, it's for all women. And the question is, as I mentioned, why would a celibate priest be leading a retreat for women? Well, this also happened last year at their second annual retreat for women, (laughs) a male priest, although he was a married priest, Father Joe Marquis from Michigan, one of our parishes in Michigan. He's been on our program before, a good friend of ours here at Light of the East. He directed the retreat to the ladies last year, but this year I will be directing the retreat. And why these male priests, some of them like myself, celibate? Well, the reason is, is because we're talking about womanhood in light of God. We're not just talking about women. This isn't just a sensitivity-type session. This is not a psychological session. This is not a counseling session. It's not a grieving session. It's not an anti-male session, rah-rah woman session. It's not a radical feminist-type thing. It's, It's about, really, it's about God. It's about God. But as God is revealed through the womanhood that he himself created. Now, as a priest especially as a priest who, as a student and evangelizer for St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body, I should know something, therefore, about God and about the order of creation, including and especially man and woman. So we're really talking about God as manifested through womanhood. And in this retreat... There'll be time for prayer, be time for quiet, be plenty of quiet time. We need a lot of that because in a retreat, and this is especially true in the Eastern churches, in the retreat, the real retreat master is the Holy Spirit. I will do my part, hopefully with your prayers and the prayers of the ladies. They pray for me that I do my part to serve them worthily. But regardless of how well I prepare, regardless of how much I do, how much I offer to the ladies at this retreat, the real retreat master is the Holy Spirit. And a retreat, it's really just a venue for the Holy Spirit to act. Now, we have to do our part. You know, we have to set the table. We have to do our part, and I'm sure God smiles upon our sincerity and our hard work. People like Joan, who are organizing this retreat, are working very hard. They've been in touch with me for a long time, back and forth quite often to make sure everything is right, all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and so on. Working very hard to prepare this for the ladies. And I will work hard as well, again, with your prayers. However, after doing all of our part, what happens is, and I call this the retreat within the retreat, whatever happens, that becomes the retreat. Even if it's nothing like our plans or how we wanted it to be, how we planned it to be, how we're supposed to go, then we get all frustrated or disappointed when it doesn't go that way. No, that's not how it goes. You do your part. We all do our part to the max. Do our best. Give it our all. And leave the rest to the Holy Spirit. Whatever happens, that becomes the retreat. That becomes what the Holy Spirit wanted us to experience, the dynamic he wanted to happen, He is the retreat master, ultimately. So whatever happens becomes the retreat for all of us or as individuals. It's not about what our plans were, what our expectations were. And that's why coming to a retreat requires a great deal of openness. 
Just divest ourselves of everything. Just be open to the Holy Spirit. The best word, the best guiding word, I think, to adopt when you approach a retreat is the word nothing. Nothingness. Just come to do and be nothing. That's right. Just open. Let the Spirit speak. Let the Spirit be in charge. We have to do our part, yes. But let the Spirit be in charge. And whatever happens, happens. So, ladies, I highly encourage you to consider this retreat, this genius of womanhood. And you'll find out what I mean by that, the genius of womanhood. Just think you'll be able to come home and tell your husbands, the priest said that I'm a genius. We all know not exactly that. It's not that you are a genius. It's the genius of womanhood. And I'm going to be presenting to you a lot of the wisdom of the Eastern Christian spirituality that we promote and share on this program, Light of the East. So once again, Genius of Womanhood, 3rd Annual Women's Retreat, Cary, Ohio, Friday through Sunday, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. Phone number is 419-798-9107 or email washburn.joan5 at gmail.com. I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Now you can hear podcasts of Light of the East and never miss a program or hear one again and again and again. How is this possible, you may ask? Just visit ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And click on the Light of the East tab. There you'll find Light of the East programs for listening or download and a link to a Light of the East iTunes subscription. Now, you can hear Light of the East for the first time all over again, anytime you want. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.